Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hip Hop Housewife Podcast. I am back as promised with my reviews on Wu-Tang and American Saga, the Hulu series on TV. Last time we spoke back in maybe earlier in the month, earlier in September. By the way, today is um, October 1st, so we are entering a new month. And fall is officially here. I'm so happy about that. Fall is my favorite season, by the way. But as promised on episode one, I told you that I would be hitting you guys back to back with reviews of the series. And I hope by now you've tuned in and you are just as excited as I am with every episode that they play. I am up to about episode five. So this podcast, we are going to talk about episodes one, two, and three and get everybody caught up. Um, With no further ado, let's jump right in. If you saw episode one, you know that things start off on an explosive note, pun intended. Who knew Ray, aka Shah, the character played by um, Shamik Moore, And Ghostface Killer, a.k.a. Dennis, played by uh, Sadiq. I forget the young man's last name. I think it's Sadiq Saunderson is his full name. But who knew they hated each other? Um, (laughs) I was totally taken off guard by that. Uh, That that just threw me for a loop. What a way to catch my attention. So in episode one, uh, Ray shoots up Dennis's apartment with Dennis's two cute little brothers in there. Um, I'm assuming that those are the two brothers that Ghostface has um, alluded to in his songs that have muscular dystrophy, uh, specifically in the All That I Got Is You song from the Iron Man album. But yeah, he throws a a melodive cocktail, shoots up the apartment, just, you know, crazy, trying to kill Ghostface. So that happens. And, um, you know, fortunately, nobody is hurt. We find out that RZA, a.k.a. Bobby, played by Ashton Sanders, is caught between the two because he's friends with both. And Dennis is uh, working for Divine, Bobby's older brother. If you caught the um, Woo of Mike's and Men documentary, you've seen Divine, RZA's older brother. He's um, at the end of uh, part two of the documentary so you you have some idea who he is but for those of you that don't know that is Riz's older brother and he plays a major pivotal role in the um in the conception of the clan and and also their business dealings down the line with like loud records and stuff like that but anyway forget the history lesson so we find out Dennis works for Divine uh, Divine is not happy about Bobby's dreams to pursue music. He wants Bobby to abandon that and start hustling full time to make money. We also meet in episode one ODB, who is played exceptionally by Ty Adams. I mean, this guy is amazing as ODB. And we also meet Method Man's uh, character who's played by Dave East. Dave East does an exceptional job. Since Dave East came on the scene, I have been saying that he resembled Method Man as far as um, his look, but his style and everything. I know Dave East is from Harlem, but he definitely could um, be like a a little cousin or a brother or something to Method Man. They, They resemble each other. 
um, as far as swag. Also in that episode, we learn a little bit about Rizza and Devon's childhood. We see that there was a lot of poverty. There was some domestic abuse um, towards their mother by their father. And we learned that for part of Bobby's life, he was sent to live down south uh, with some relatives on his mom's side, which for better or worse, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but you'll see there were some things that he benefited from going to live down there as far as his demeanor and the person that he became. And there were also some things that were negatives about that move uh, for him as a young boy. But those flashbacks I loved because they give a lot of insight into these characters and why they think and do the things that they do. And they also round out the history of um, of the characters. Wu-Tang Clan, as as many guys are in that group, um, you know, it's a nine, sometimes ten man group or whatever, but they're pretty mysterious. You don't really see a lot of their family members and, you know, moms and things like that. That stuff is starting to come out now, 20 something odd years later. And even a super fan like me who digs, you know, and reads every magazine and every book and things like that, it's still not a lot of information that you can always find on these guys' personal lives. So the show does answer some questions that um, as fans we may have wondered about and it fills in some gaps. Fast forward to episode two. Divine gets locked up. God damn it. So Divine is locked up. Um, there's some guilt there on Dennis and Riz's part because, you know, some actions that they made kind of played a role and things getting messed up and Divine getting caught and, and eventually put in jail. And those two guys are left to survive and financially support the family without Divine's leadership. Bobby is still torn between music and the street, which is how he supports himself. Also, um, let me just throw in there, none of them go to school. Um, <laughs> I'm not judging, you know, it is what it is it, at that time in New York City at that age. I'm guessing they were all like, you know, 19, 20, either had dropped out of school or just weren't going anymore and were in the street full time. But I noticed nobody like was attending school or anything like that. But hey, you know, the focus is on the music, not on school. But he's torn between that and um, he ends up returning the infamous SP-1200 drum machine that was like the, the 90s staple for all of the East Coast beat makers, any beat maker for that, that matter. And um, he does it to get money for Divine's case. Um, on the flip side, Shaw and uh, Power, Power, if you're familiar with him from, um, he played in Belly, but he's also an executive behind the scenes with Wu-Tang. Power and um, Sha, who are, who's mad at Bobby. Um, and once again, his anger gets the best of him and he burns down this like abandoned house that's Bobby's hideout where he does music and he keeps like his stash and, you know, drug money and records and stuff like that. And Ray burns that thing down. So, I, you know, they, they're portraying Shaw, a.k.a. Ray, as, like, angry man in the series so far. But I still love Ray. He's one of my favorites out of the clan, um, music-wise and also personality-wise. So, that is episode two. After episode two, um, episode three, unfortunately, starts off with a death. 
At the end of episode two, a character is killed. I'm not going to say who it is. You have to watch. Um, And the funeral for that character opens up episode three. Uh, It's not Dennis because he loses it at the funeral. So he's clearly still alive. So it's not him that gets killed. Um, He loses it at the funeral and some other neighborhood uh, conflicts come up with him uh, having his outburst at the funeral. Also, they fast forward to Divine in jail. He's fighting rivals. It's really tough for him in there. He's literally fighting for his life. Um, if you have never uh, witnessed, or I hope you haven't witnessed this, but if you have never um, seen in a movie like New York jail system, and not even prison, but like jail, like Rikers Island, depicted um, in a in a sitcom or fictional series this these scenes give you a real glimpse and I would not wish that on my worst enemy to go there and you really see the seriousness of um Rikers Island especially in the 90s and you see that seriousness that we've seen portrayed in um the Khalif Browder story which was about the young man who was um in Rikers for three years due to, you know, a charge about him allegedly stealing a backpack, which wasn't true. And it just caused a whole host of other problems for him. Very sad story, but it needed to be told. And um, it, it really opens up your eyes to New York in the 90s and what a lot of uh, youth of color faced, um, especially with the prison system, jail system, and just overall poverty in the city. But back to Divine, he is um, fighting for his life in jail. And he's winning some fights, but it's taking a toll on him and the family. Um, They actually witness, you know, on a phone call, they can hear him fighting in the background. And it's just a very traumatic uh, thing to witness, especially if you have family in jail or the prison system. And, you know, you just... It's, it's, it's a nightmare, you know, to know that you have somebody in there that you love and um, the things that they face on a daily basis to survive in that place. Um, his mom, Mrs. Diggs, Bobby and Devine's mother, she's played by Erica Alexander, a.k.a. Maxine Shaw, attorney at law from Living Single. And she does an excellent job as the matriarch of the, of the Diggs family. She pleads with Devine to... Um, do something I'm not going to tell you what but to plead in such a way that will get him an earlier release and a more lenient sentence but it's going to shock you what she wants him to do so you have to check that out fast forward to my favorite favorite part of episode three the collective Bobby Dennis ODB and I believe Davey's character, Method Man, they come together and at a local Eric B. and Rakim concert uh, that, that a promoter has brought to Staten Island, which is like a huge deal for everybody in the hood. All these guys perform in the talent show. And when I tell you, it was like watching the real Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, man. These actors are phenomenal. They do such a great job of capturing each rapper's style, um, you know, what sets them apart in the clan. And, I mean, they had the cadence, the delivery, everything. They, they were dope. They did an excellent job. 
unfortunately Bobby tanks on stage he um his performance I'll just say it's received awkwardly by the crowd when you watch the episode you'll know what I mean Shaw is not a part of this performance remember he is with Power's rival crew and he's like in the VIP section of the club with the Jamaicans and you know his attitude is hey rap is just a hobby that he picked up in the lobby you know he's not taking it seriously but he and um, Bobby are still friends and at the end of the performance they talk a little bit about Shaw's attitude towards rap and why he doesn't take it seriously if you've ever heard um, Raekwon's rap, he did a guest appearance on um, Faith Evans' like last solo album. And, um, oh, I forget the name of the song. I play it constantly, too. It was, it was the album she came out with before the Biggie duets. And it's a dope song on there. And they actually sampled um, Everyday Struggle by Biggie and Ray says that line it's just a hobby that I picked up in the lobby so you know I love how they use the real life lyrics of these guys and if you are a hip-hop head like I am you will appreciate the attention and the sensitivity that the writers and of course the showrunner RZA gives to the um the body of work and the lyrics of these guys of the woo now heading into episode four Divine gets out. I'm not going to tell you how and what happens because I just told you I'm not going to spoil what Mama Diggs asked him to do in order to get a lenient sentence, but he does get out. I forgot to mention an important character. Uh, RZA, who is one of 11 children, but of course not all 11 are portrayed in the show, Uh, One of the characters who plays his sister, Cherie, she's kind of a composite character of um, his sisters, you know, in real life. But she and a baby brother uh, named Randy are portrayed in the show as Miss Diggs' other two children. So it's Divine, Bobby, Cherie, and then Randy's the baby boy. Uh, Randy's like maybe middle school age. Cherie is a teenager. She's in high school. Cherie is um, played by a new actress. I think she's been in some things, but this is my first time seeing her. Her name is Zoe. Very beautiful girl. Um, She plays Bobby and Divine's sister. Very smart. Loves to read. But she's street smart too. And she is in love with Dennis. She loves her some ghost face killer. But anyway, (laughs) and he loves her too. But these two are sneaking around, and I don't know how under her brother's noses she was able to sneak and do this, if this was a real-life thing. But um, she lets uh, Dennis know that he is the one for her, and no matter how different they are as far as their mindsets and their interests, he is the one for her baby, and and that's what it's going to be, so... She puts her thing down with him, and they continue to get closer in episode four. Bobby and Dennis um, continue their hustle in the financial district. They are selling weed. Things are looking up. Unfortunately, I hate that they're selling drugs, but that is the reality um, of a lot of people in that time. And he buys back his SP-1200, still making beats uh, full force. Dennis starts taking care of home. Um... 
buys food, things for the house. He is actually the man of the house. I know in real life, Ghostface comes from like a really big family, like maybe like more than five kids. And um, he took the responsibility on of taking care of his younger brothers. On the show, though, they just showcase him and the two younger brothers and the mother in the apartment. Mom, unfortunately, is an alcoholic. Um, mom seems, seems to be broken uh, by life. Seems like she had a hard life and, and she drinks to escape the pain. And she neglects him and his brothers. Um, she's not a malicious woman. You can just tell that she's kind of caught up in her own stuff. You know, but um, he definitely tries to be loving and gentle with his mom, as gentle as he can be, uh, because he has a lot of emotional outbursts on the show, his character. But um, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'll just say there's like two different instances so far in different episodes of the show where mom's drinking has brought her to like a near death experience. So, in episode four, one of those happens. Um, she's still alive, but it was a very close call. And Dennis vents to Cherie that he is frustrated with his current situation in life. He is not happy. He hates being poor. He hates having to hustle. He hates being, you know, helpless to a certain extent. Um, and he, he is just an angry um, brother and rightfully so you know he's, he's just an angry brother and um this there's a lot of sensitivity in that character and I may be reading too deep into it but there is but he he just he has to channel it another way and it's so hard to to even like say that about him because it's not his fault you know and I really resonated with a lot of their upbringings um that were portrayed in the show because I saw people who grew up that way you know experience things like that and um it's tough growing up in poor and in poverty is expensive it takes a toll on your well-being your mental health your physical health um your emotional health and it's not fun at all and I think a lot of times when people who are more fortunate look down on uh, poor people or people that aren't as educated and they say, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, go get a job, go do this, go do that. It's not that simple and it's not that easy, you know. So um, just keep that in mind when you watch the show. You think what you want to think at the end of the day. But, you know, we're all shaped by our own experiences. But just keep that in mind um, when before you judge. Because some of the things that guys do, the violence and the drug selling, I wasn't really happy to see that. But I had to remember the reality um, that these guys are coming from and what they are growing up in. And think about it. It was probably sanitized a lot for the show and censored a lot for the show. I can only imagine what some of these dudes had to see and deal with just to survive in the neighborhood daily. So it's tough. But, um, but you know, he, he's upset about that. And like I said, rightfully so. So that is episodes two, excuse me, one through four. I did um, a little bit of episode one, even though I talked about it before, but wanted to give you guys some more insight on that. Be on the lookout for my next podcast. I am going to be talking about episode five and six. None of them disappoint. Um, They're not always easy to watch either, but none of them disappoint. So, 
Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu. Catch it on Wednesday nights, a streaming episode every Wednesday, Wu-Tang Wednesday. And this is the Hip Hop Housewife signing off. Please visit my Instagram page at the Hip Hop Housewife on Instagram. Uh, my personal page is at Mrs. Right Now. That's M R S W R I T E N O W. No spaces, no underscores. And definitely hit me up with the message feedback. Just say hello. All of that good stuff. And um, I'm just going to keep hitting you guys with the content, the IG stories and the podcast. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great, 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 great evening. And I'm signing off. Peace and love.